This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. I'm a warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! a rep named Corin Brown. She had the biggest mouth around. She thought she was the smartest rep in heels. Well, she started up a non-profit and somehow made money off it and got involved in quite some dirty deals. She's in the jailhouse now. She's in the jailhouse now. That's not the way a charity runs. She won't be having fun. She's in the jailhouse now. I let you. stammer don't put me in the slammer I only did what all the others do I thought my donors were trickable but the judge said that's despicable and then away the key he threw she's in the jailhouse now She's in the jailhouse now. They locked the cell on poor Corinne. This one she'll never win. She's in the jailhouse now. I let you Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center cave inside the Mellon Law Studio. Mellon Law, with 50 years of experience, is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Mellon Law won't back down, and they are a full-service law office. Whatever you need, give them a holler. Crime prevention, of course, is uh, protecting all of us all the time, and you can worry less with crime prevention security systems. And you might give them a holler at cpss.net and... Um, See what you got uh, there that you can use with John uh, Pastore and Randy Elrad. Locally owned business, great bunch. And check out our mug shots with me, Steve McDaniel, and we have 45,000 hits a month on that. 
So uh, we welcome you to the show today. I don't know if we're going to do the open line Friday because we had a little trouble with the open line uh, changing the number. Let me check with production. Is that the case still? Uh, are we back with open line or not? Okay, the number has changed, and we're going to put the number in the chats. And then, of course, if you call, you'll be parked in the sideline there. And we caution you about using the F-bomb, which is the F-R, which is the beep word, because right now YouTube is not broadcasting us. Because last Friday, one of our great guests called in and used apparently something that irritated the quote-unquote definition of community standards for YouTube, which is nothing more than doing the same thing the January 6th Congressional Committee is doing, and that's questioning everything, which is um, really renders uh, free speech the dodo bird, I guess. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, we've got a new number going up. I'll have to write it down, too. Don't know it yet. Welcome, host. You are now in. Okay, what is that new number, uh, production? Okay, we got it up on the screen, 352-707-9101. And uh, we'll make you behave and not say the F-bomb word, uh, not the uh, one you're thinking about, but the one that uh, apparently uh, Congress is all worried about now. Well, 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 well. Can you believe it? We just played Corrine Brown. And guess what? She's back. And what do you mean? I, I got this email message this morning real early. And, of course, it came out today in the Gainesville Sunset, which I'm sure the Gainesville Sunset was anxious, anxious to print because, after all, there's been a unanimous uh, um, decision from the advisory committee to the uh, Gainesville City Commission not once but twice and maybe three times to take Corrine Brown off the RTS building. Well, she's a convicted felon. And she always will be a convicted felon. It'll always be on her rap sheet. And she'll have a quote, what they call sheet. But really, what is so ironic about this? Come on, it can only happen in America. <clears throat> really. She's been imprisoned, and we referred to that a moment ago with our song. She's been disgraced, but now that is the lead line by Steve Patterson from the USA Today Network in the Gainesville Sunset. I now would have to say you can't be disgraced if you're a criminal. Once upon a time, any kind of hangnail in your life, uh, from going across the center line to, um, I don't know, running out on the football field with your clothes off or something. And that was permanently would get you uh, out of any kind of political race because somebody would go back and say, oh, my golly, when you were a kid 50 years ago, uh, did you not run out to the 50 yard line and, and uh, with nothing on? And now, you, my God, you're a mature adult and you've raised a family and you're got a good business and you know, this, that, one another. And it was a prank as a guy. But now you can't run for public office. That is now history, as far as I can tell. I don't think it matters anymore what you do. I mean, it. come on. 
I mean, after all, is that not the position that must have been in the minds of the supervisor elections here when they sent T.J. Pichet into the jug to knowingly do something that had just been declared so after review by the legislature and the courts that felons couldn't vote until they paid back what they stole? Huh? Colleen Brown, though, can run for office and not pay back anything. Then the irony is the felon can't vote for the felon. I don't know if it gets any weirder anywhere in the United States of America. First, she'll probably win. I think the guy's name was Adam Powell, if I'm not mistaken, a black congressman from Harlem. And of course, we have Mayor Barry uh, from Washington, D.C. is a classic example. Uh, big Coke user, busted in an FBI sting. Uh, the irony there was the Coke was supplied by the FBI and the stuff was so powerful, it almost killed Mayor Barry. Um, they had the nice looking uh, a female companion there with him who turned out to be a super sleuth and uh, participated in, in uh, bringing the nasty marching powder into his room. Uh, and, and there you are, he's back. He, re, he was back as the mayor. And, and you know, you know, it, you know, it got, it's, so I, I just have got to, you know, I'm always learning and I'm always changing as times adapt if I can, if it's a change for the better. I don't see this as a change for the better, um, but it's obviously a change. It don't matter now what you've done, you know? You can run. It don't matter what you've done. You can run. And as I say, she'll probably get reelected, even though we've uh, taken away the gerrymandered. It's not gerrymandered. It's gerrymandered. Um, gerrymandered district that looked like actually the state of Florida. It was so rigged. Uh, it stretched up to make sure it collected up every minority vote it could get. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, she's a 12-term congresswoman. Now, she claims the reason people will vote for her is because she gets things done. And, you know, there was a lot of truth to that. She did get a lot of things. As you go, you know, now, I don't know whether somebody's palm was greased. Well, obviously, yes, seems so. Somebody's palm was greased in order to get it done. But, um, you know, people, I remember meeting in a meeting and Corinne Brown, by the way, was always nice to me. She knew me and something she'd seen me, you know, and, and knew me. And by golly, as, as a good politician, that woman never forgot my name. And she always said hello to me. And and I just filed away, you know, as somebody who was a pretty shrewd politician. And 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 um, she was known for being able to get things done. Now, how many people do you know in politics or in private life can't get anything done, can't finish anything, uh, you know, have the ideas they never test? You know, I guess that could be the run of the mill people. But she I have to say she does. She did get things done. And she's betting that that will trump. Can you I can still use that word? Can I uh, from cards that will that will uh, that will be the the joker in the deck that she will get uh, all forgiven as long as she provides. So uh, she's, she's uh, you know, 
going to just march on as if nothing ever happened. She claims that the people want her to come back. You know, I, somewhere, somewhere along the line, something was busted in our, in our culture. Um, I, 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 you know, everybody knows it, but just doesn't see anybody knows what to do about it. From everything from the institutions that we trust to be immune from political influence are not uh, good examples. The Supreme Court, I mean, um, they've got some justices on there that are absolutely eat up with the uh, ideologies and don't ever back off and get away from them. I know that many people have observed this, not just me. Um, so we've now got a convicted felon uh, running for office. He'll probably get reelected. And the, the convicted felons, meanwhile, here are going to the jug because they uh, said that they could vote when actually they couldn't because they didn't pay back what they owed. Now the ball is being kicked across the floor, that no, the hot potato that either neither the state attorney nor the uh, supervisor wants to pick up is whose responsibility is it uh, that they knew or did not know, you know, what they were doing. And the, the, the obvious thing to the public is, why would you go into the jail? You know, you know, here's the thing. These felons in the jail didn't go down to the supervisor of elections office and try to sign up. The supervisor of elections office came to them. And that's, that's, that's the thing that just cannot the public just cannot get over. I don't think they'll ever get over. I don't care how many spins that's put on it. That remains sort of weird, doesn't it? I mean, if the guys in the jug had gotten out of the jug and served their time and went down to the supervisor's office to register, that would have been one thing. But no, they're still in the jug. And the supervisor of elections office not only comes to them after uh, 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 it, it, the, the rule has been declared so, <clears throat> but after they've acknowledged the rule has been declared so <clears throat> and go in there anyway. And now the hapless souls are being sent off to the jug again. And now we know uh, that this whole thing about election scrutiny is just a farce. It's no wonder, it's no wonder nobody knows what happened. It, you know, it, 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 nobody knows what really happens anywhere across the world in this stuff, in our country, because it's just uh, buried somewhere. And, 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 uh, and nobody wants to dig it up. And yet we've got an election coming up very soon and uh, we'll have to, hope that we don't have the same uh, problems that we had before. But um, here we go. It is um, curious that the Constitution doesn't prevent you. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that leads to an interesting question. Uh, states' rights versus uh, the feds. Uh, the feds have consistently said that election integrity is up to the states. Now, you have to remember that Biden and his crowd has been trying to federalize the elections. They want to take it away from the individual states. And of course, 
you see here why they do. There's no constitutional rules about lawbreakers participating in break, a place where the laws are made. I mean, that's what this is. Congress is a place where you make the laws. And so if you're a lawbreaker, it doesn't seem to prohibit you from being in the, 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 the uh, forum that makes the laws that you break. It's, it's weird. And no wonder Biden wants all the elections taken away from the states, because here with DeSantis, we've tightened up on all of this uh, election and made the thing more responsible, more traceable, more accountable, and trying to stop this thing that I've been talking about where anybody who can break it, make a breath on a mirror can, can vote. Why? But this state and Texas and a couple of others are really bellwether places for this. I mean, they, you know, you could, but listen, this is, this, and, and still right now, all of this business of running the elections is left up to the states. <clears throat> now, there's also some weird things about that. Why, why should there be any um, contribution from private money like Zuckerberg in a public election? That was obviously another loophole that the Democrats saw because it was a Democrat pile of money that went into these cherry-picked local elections in these various states and various precincts and various supervisors. And those were picked and those were the ones that if you could inflate uh, voting through absentee voting, which had no accountability, uh, then you could, of course, tip the scale and you didn't need to tip it much. And it was all legal. And so no wonder those who say there's no beep, there's no beep, because that which should have been illegal was legal. Well, <clears throat> I just report this to you because uh, basically, um, let me see what this little thing, oh yeah, it says I'm the press. You know, I got a press pass here. Well, basically I'm the press, you know, and um, but I'm a professor, you know, so I look at these things with that kind of intellectual training. And it, it is, uh, and by the way, I was called an intellectual the other night by um, a, a, a conversation I was having with a, with a, a person and uh, had not met me and didn't know me. And, and uh, uh, this person was in the business world, a very nice, very nice lady, by the way, who was interested in me, had not met me and wanted to talk to me a little bit and talk to me. And I said, and not, I hadn't spoken more than a paragraph. And she said the most remarkable thing. She said, why, you're an intellectual. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I guess if, I, it, you know, the shoe fits, you wear it right. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> but <laughs> this whole thing about Corrine Brown is, is uh, really right. You know, and she doesn't, you can't shame her, by the way. You, you can't make her feel bad. That ain't going to happen. She's got, you can't, she just plows on. You can't, you can't embarrass a woman. I know her. I've been around her a little bit. And she's charming as a person. I mean, she's, she knows how to talk to you. And as I say, remember you and, and uh, make you feel important and make you feel, most importantly of all, make you feel as if you have access. And that's the big thing uh, about being a politician. Uh, there's a person right now whose name I won't mention, who is now in the public pol political arena here, whom I uh, uh, reached out to 
oh, several days ago, ask if they wanted to be on the show so that you can get to know this person. Never heard back from this person. Let me tell you something. That ain't good. That ain't good. Because what you have just told me is you're not responsive. You're not responsive and you're going to be in a public position. This person is in the public position and you're not responsive. And I won't forget that. And you can't take that away. That's already in the books. And so I've got some real hard opinions about this person. And, and you know, I'm not a newcomer on the block. I can make these judgments a little quicker than other people because I've made so many of them. And, you know, as this cup says, I am never wrong. I am Mr. Right. And if it won't to prove me wrong, debate me and win the debate and I will concede. Okay. So there we are. It's one of the things I think that makes her think, yes, I'm invincible. You know, I'll get things done for you. Okay. So I stole from you or so I misled you or so, you know, there's misinformation. Or maybe I was misunderstood. Or maybe you just have to understand the side of the tracks I come from. But, you know, if you, I will get back to you now. I will contact you. And I will get things. I will hear you. I will get things done. That's why her name's still on the RTS. But she got the money for it. And, you know, I don't know. There you are. What are your priorities about people? How do you evaluate people's character? I can tell you one thing that's good about what happens here when somebody like this comes back. There ain't no reason why anybody who has a quote-unquote checkered past should even pause and be concerned about running for public office. There ain't no such thing anymore as a checkered past or a political candidate. There isn't. Come on. Now, once you're in office and you start doing things that people don't like, uh, they may come back and try to dig it up and say, oh, my God, see, I mean, he, he beat his dog. He kicked his dog in 20 years ago. What kind of a human being is this? And what they do that for is they do that to go in there and try to get you out of office because you're not doing for them what they want you to do for them. And so they'll then they'll dig it up. Um, and Don Printer Bailey, I'm looking at, will take down statues, change school names. We'll leave up a convicted felon's name on a building. Question mark. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Don, here's the thing. Uh, he, Don Printer Bailey, a good, good fan of the show here. I'm just watching his Facebook chat. Um, he is talking about some crimes matter and some crimes don't matter. You see, I think he's referring to taking down any reference to Confederate war heroes. Now, and you know, and so they're considered criminals. Now, there's a couple of things you have to remember about the way history is written. History is always written by the winners and history is an interpretation. I used to ask my students to, and let's say you have a, student, a class of 20 and uh, you ask each of them uh, to write a history of the last week of their community life, their collective lives. And how many different versions of history do you think you'll get? Okay, if you have 20 students, how many different versions of history do you think you'll get? So if there was a dominant person in that class, if there were, to use the subjunctive, 
if there were dominant intellect in that class that wrote a history that was palatable, uh, that is sort of conducive to what the group wanted to believe, then that would be the predominant interpretation of history. So let's just use a simple example. The, the Gators lost the game last week, but they were cheated. Okay. If there are enough Gator fans in that class, when that version of history is written, then they'll all accept it as true. Okay? You follow me? Because they're all already on the bandwagon for the Gators. So they want to believe, and they're willing to believe, and it's what Blake called the willing suspension of disbelief, the great poet, uh, then they will believe. And they can't prove it, and you can't prove history occurred in the way you interpret it, but you can convince people that it did. Now, this is what's happened with Don Printer Bailey's reference to statues coming down. Now you have a group of people who have never owned slaves, who have never been slaves, who have never uh, been able to be in that time frame, but yet they know what is good and bad about that time frame, even though they were not there and cannot be there. Okay. So what do they do? They want to believe a certain interpretation of history. So now they want to believe that the slaves were miserably unhappy all the time, which is not true. And, but that's what they want to believe. So that's what history then puts into the narrative. And then that ends up getting adopted as policy and statues come down. Gainesville is a classic example. Gainesville is a classic example with these yo-yos who are the commissioners. So uh, the, the way to understand the war between the states, okay? And by the, between the states, we mean that one group is, if we, we, we use it among, if it were between, if more, if more, if states were not unified into two groups, we'd use among, but among is for more than two and between is for two. So it is the war between the states. So the Southern states, so to speak, and the Northern states, although there were some states that were Western states that were not committed, it's that one. So, if you want to understand the North and the South, all you have to do is take a look at Russia and Ukraine. Okay? That's all you have to do is take a look at Russia and Ukraine. Russia argues that Ukraine, you cannot break away from Russia because we claim you and we're the bigger dog. We got more ammunition. We've got more military might. And if you don't agree to assimilate into Russia, then we're going to bomb you and into submission until you are a part of Russia. Why? Because Russia wants strength and it wants strength in taking over other countries. And let's just think of these countries as states, Ukraine as state, um, Germany as a state, and then you can understand. So the same thing happens in the United States and the Confederate States is the Confederate States said, you know, we don't want to be a part of the United States. We don't like your values and we don't like the way you are uh, 
twisting around us and making us out to be evil and yourselves to be good. And the reason that was particularly profound to the Southerners is that the Southerners made a serious mistake. They were growing crops for food and family farms and sustainable economy. And it was called a plantation. But when the plantation began to grow crops for money, then it lost control of, it, of its place. And what we did, we started growing cotton. Well, cotton almost perished of its own labor intensity needs because we needed more labor, which was slaves. And we weren't comfortable with that. Well, you know, that was getting to be a real problem. And so the South really, there was, you know, it's called antebellum a little bit beyond. There's a couple of decades in there where they decided we don't want to do this uh, anymore. We don't want any more labor in the form of slaves here. This is too much of a burden. We, it's not good. And then along came Eli Whitney and the cotton gin. And all of a sudden, we were industrializing this process. And New England was taking all the cotton and making, you know, shirts out of it and underwear and everything else in its northeast factories. So the factories were in New England area and the workers were in the south. It's very comparable to what you have in China and us. The workers are the women in the big factories making the shoes who are basically slaves uh, for five bucks a day. And then we sell it over here for 150 bucks for the same shoes they made for five. So the same situation was going on with New England making products from, uh, making, uh, uh, products from the raw material coming from the South. So the South, whenever they decided they just couldn't take this industrial model, it didn't fit their lifestyle. It just, it's not why they came from Europe. They didn't come from Europe to get involved with the industrial society. They came and got to get involved with the agrarian society. So these two societies, industrial and agrarian, bumped heads. Well, the South always thought England would come in on its side against the North. But, you know, England never did. And why? You have to realize that cotton then was like oil now. There was a tremendous amount of cotton because England was getting it out of India and places like this, cheap labor again. Nobody here cared politically. And so they said, hey, we're not going to come in on your side. And there we were. We were overwhelmed in the South by the tremendous military superiority of the industrialized North. The same thing is happening. This is why Ukraine will fall. All we're doing is sending money. It's going to be another rat hole for us. It's going to be another Afghanistan. It's going to be another Vietnam. You see, we never, ever commit to winning. This is the problem. We never, ever commit to winning. We send our male young guys and females too into Vietnam and, and they're permanently affected by that, of course, but we never try to win it. We just don't try, we don't even call it a war. 
And finally, we, we got to the place where the only way we could live with that was to stop the draft and make it all volunteers. And then we didn't feel so bad. We basically have a mercenary armed forces now. Basically, they are mercenaries. They are paid to be professional warriors. Okay? We didn't draft them. We didn't come around to the house and knock on it and say, it's time we took your 18-year-old son, which we did for Vietnam. And, and the 18-year-old sons willingly went for World War II because that was a real fight for the survival of the country. So that's where we are. We're in yet another problem. Putin knows it. Putin knows the West is weak. The West is not going to commit its own people to Ukraine. We've got some in there, but they're not publicly in there. And we use this term all over the place, advisors and this and that, one another. Anything to keep from declaring it a war we want to win. So we constantly treat these things like, what were some of the names for Vietnam? Uh, anything but war. You know, it was a, a military engagement. I, I don't know. Yeah, so North Korea is another. The great general saw it. Patton saw it. MacArthur saw it. If you guys want to win, we have the means and the will and the power to do it right now. And if you don't want to win, I don't want to be a part of it. And this was a great battle between MacArthur and Truman. And MacArthur crossed the Yalu River into China and said, you might as well have me fight China now because sooner or later you're going to have to. And Truman fired him and said, I'm the commander in chief. You didn't get my OK to cross the Yalu River. And the Marines I knew then ran. It was humiliating to them. The Chinese hordes came across the Yalu River then when we withdrew and chased our Marines. I had a friend who was a battery operator, a, a, a radio operator. He took his backpack, radio, all that stuff off and his M1 he had took it and threw it over to the side and ran because he couldn't run fast enough to get away from the Chinese. Can you imagine the United States Marine? This guy was a stud, too. I mean, he was a real rough, tough, capable guy. And he, he, can't, he said he would never, and I talked to him about length about this in the 60s. He said he will never again ever buy into any war, quote unquote, that the politicians declare because they're not going to try to win it. And therefore, he's not going to be a part of it. And period. And I'm going to get into the story after the, after the break of how DeSantis has formed a Florida guard. And I want to talk a moment about this. This is very interesting. And you may not be aware of it, but it is pretty darn interesting, given what I know about military strategy. Remember, yours truly was an A-plus student in military strategy in the military school that I went to. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, 
Shoot GTR, on the spot dry cleaners, RR construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Uh, Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Welcome back to Professor Warthog's class here on just about anything and everything that wanders through my mind. Um, one of the things I'm still holding on to is a mind that works. And one of the ways in which I test it is to go on the show each day and see if I make sense to myself. And if I make sense to myself, maybe somehow, some way you get a little drink of water out of it. When, uh, uh, you know, one time uh, Harry Cruz and I were walking around the UF campus together, the, the, the noted writer, and we were good friends. And uh, he'd asked me to read his first book, The Gospel Singer, which I thought many, many good things in it. And but there are other things that, uh, you know, could have been written better. And he asked me to point those out to him. And I remember we were walking around the campus and, uh, and I said, well, Harry, this was really very, very effective. And this maybe could have worked better. And uh, of course, I was flattered that he had me be his reader. And all of a sudden he stopped and he said, OK, so a few of my pipes leak. You can still get a drink of water. And so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, we got a new line here um, to call in 352-707-9101. Just don't use the beep word. We'll, we'll be okay. Well, I just gave you a kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of history here and gave you a way of uh, analogizing uh, Russia to Ukraine and the northern states to the southern states. It may help you understand a little bit of why um, the southern states I have lost their statues, which provoked me. The comment by my good fan here, um, Mr. Bailey, was that 
uh, uh, why you know these statutes have come down. Well, I guarantee you that if there's any statue in Ukraine, uh, and Russia will no doubt take over a good portion of Ukraine, because all we're going to do is pour money down the rat hole, and we're not going to try to step in and win. In other words, we're not going to fight there. Uh, we'll spend some of our money there, which nobody asked us to do, by the way. And um, so, the, you know, the, you know it's, it, any statute that happens to be there <laughs> that is not favorable to Russia or Russia's interpretation of history, I assure you, <laughs> will be taken down. I mean, that, that's, that's all there is to it. And, and uh, th that's what's happening around here. When statues are taken down and some are left up, you see, Corrine Brown. Let's face it; she's a minority. She's black. Um, she is the uh, favored human now in the American culture by the politicians because they find it very useful to, um, as we say, hunt real close with those people uh, who are downtrodden, because then that makes the politicians look like somebody who really is uh, morally superior to everybody who doesn't hunt close with those. And, um, and, and, you know, you can say what you want to, but Corrine learned how to make it work both ways. Okay, Mr. White Politician, if you're going to hunt real close to me for your political advantage, then I'm going to ask, get you to do such and such and such and such. And the white politician ain't got much choice. And, and she's aggressive enough to know how to work it. So... Uh, it is a curious world, but you can't. The, the, the guys down in the jug who are felons can't vote for the felon. There you go. Anyway, uh, you know, there's something going on right now that I want you to kind of keep an eye on. Um, there is a lot of conversation about where the direction of this country is headed in the next, well, not just in the fall, but thereafter, and whether there will be a recognizable country. Uh, that we once knew and once set up on basic principles that's reflected in uh, the Declaration and in the Constitution, et cetera, and in our institutions, which we already see are, are flawed tremendously and, and have been infiltrated by um, some sort of rewriting of history. The popular rewriting of history now by the communist left is that the colonial influence in this country uh, is a negative rather than a positive. And so we have spasms all over this country right now of revisionist history going on, uh, taking down, not in the South here, they, they took down the Confederate heroes. Uh, they're trying to take down Lee's birthplace, I understand. Uh, but in, 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 in other places, the North, they want to take down any colonial influence, which is, of course, European influence. Now, you have to recognize that Europe was the apex of intellectual culture uh, that came here. I mean, these were the brightest and the best the world had to offer that came here and found this country available to start over with a new political model. But now, uh, because of circumstances that didn't exist then, but exist now in the minds anyway of the communists in the country, uh, they want to... Uh, uh, besmirch and deride uh, those people who set up the institutions here and actually destroy the institutions. Even Clinton, Bill Clinton, I think, I saw this uh, on a, uh, a news post a little bit ago when I was watching 
the world flashed by, um, said that he thought the democracy that we know is about to be uh, disappear completely. Now, he has his reasons for it. The, the others have their reasons for it. Now, one thing you have to say about Bill Clinton, he did learn to work with both sides of the aisle. And he was a centrist Democrat. Now, of course, his wife is a scoundrel in, in all sorts of ways that he, he, you know, obviously knew of and participated in. So he's, in my book, he's one of the big reasons why the democracy is in, in, in peril right now. But I want you to be aware of something that DeSantis has done along with 22 other states. Now, I was thinking about 22 other states, and I was thinking about how many states were in the original Confederacy versus how many states were in the original Union. And I didn't get that counted up before I came on the air. But there are 22 states that are that have joined into some version of what, and I don't know if you know this, that uh, DeSantis has formed something called the uh, uh, Florida State Guard. Okay, hear me now. The Florida State Guard. And what he's done is he's taken a look at the way in which the federal government has treated what heretofore has been called the National Guard. Now, that, this is very interesting if you pay attention to things like this and you understand how much they have to do with your life or could have. The National Guard, and I never thought about it before, the way I'm thinking about it now, the National Guard is a National Guard, okay? Now, we know that Pelosi never called out the National Guard to prevent the so-called January 6th insurrection, even though five days ahead of that gathering, she had been asked to. And so questions now are there, was she complicit? Did she deliberately do that in order to set a trap? Hey, from what I know about politics, I would have to say yes. If I were a betting man, I'd say, yeah, that was deliberately done. So here, DeSantis, no doubt, as shrewd as he is, has watched this and he has noticed that when Biden came into office, uh, he, using COVID as an excuse, mandated everybody be vaccinated for COVID and if you weren't, then you couldn't stay in the military. So there have been a lot of people that actually got kicked out of the military because they didn't want to adhere to that particular mandate, who DeSantis says served honorably, who just decided they no longer wanted to work for the federal government. It wasn't that they didn't want to work for the military. And bear in mind, this is we no longer have a draft. So these are people who are professional warriors. You, I mean, that's one way to think of it. Uh, they're professional soldiers. So they no longer wanted to be employed by the federal government. But they didn't mind, DeSantis reasoned, being, being employed by a state government. So DeSantis 
has formed the Florida State Guard, and he has named retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel Chris Graham as its director. Chris Graham had gotten out of the federal Marines for the same reason and thought he was finished with military service until Governor DeSantis said, you too good. I want you to be the director of my Florida State Guard. And so DeSantis is going to reestablish and build from the ground up a modern, are you ready for this phrase? And this is a quote from the director, Lieutenant Colonel Chris Graham. DeSantis is going to reestablish and build from the ground up a modern state defense force. State. And Florida will be joining 22 other states and territories with state guards. My friends, my friends, just put that in your day book. Put that in your day book. If all else fails and we go into a bifurcated United States of America where it's every dog for himself, God forbid. And we've been through it once and I've been telling you, and I'm never wrong, that we have so many things going on right now that are the same things that were going on before the 1860 Civil War. You go back and look at the congressional records and the arguments that were going on. You go look at the arguments now. They could not be resolved. They could not be negotiated. There were two vastly different visions of the society each wanted. People think perhaps that if there's this red wave that's successful in the fall, it all will get better. Have you ever thought it could get worse? You don't think the left hysterical left, communist left, is going to stop, not when it's being financed by Soros and these lunatune people. And, you know, there was an article in the paper today about in the sunset about how um, the, the university has been exonerated from political uh, influence and academic freedom. That's horse. That, that's horse manure. I've got all. Yeah, I've got it out on Words Bulletin Board. Go take a look at the music department. I mean, if I had time, I'd go through it again today. I've got it out there. Go take a look at it. It's eat up with, um, you know, the whole thing about race theory and uh, diversity inclusion and all that stuff. So DeSantis has put together 3.5 million to reestablish uh, this and ask the state to increase funding to 10 million. And the Florida State Guard, according to this from the Washington Examiner, will be comprised of Floridians and it will be designed to assist and help only Floridians. It will not be subject to being mobilized by the federal government. And the federal government cannot impose policies or penalties on the Florida State 
guard DeSantis said. So declareth DeSantis. You won't come down here to Florida and tell me what to do with my Florida State Guard. And by the way, there are 22 of us, 22 states and territories now like us. That's a pretty good hunk. There's already been 1,200 people who expressed an interest in joining. Now, right now, we're talking about how helpful these people would be, the Florida State Guard and natural disasters and the hurricanes and civilian emergencies. But I got to tell you, mama didn't raise no fool. Mama didn't raise no fool. I can extrapolate from this all sorts of possibilities for putting the Florida State Guard to work. I'll just leave it at that. And I'm going at it from almost, let's see, 1860, 1960, almost a 200 year look back. Huh? Well, well, well. Isn't that something? Um, just one last thing here. I, I got time to cover with you here. And I think this is interesting. Um, and therefore, maybe you'll find it interesting. See, that's the way I always taught. If I were interesting in learning and I was learning from something I was looking at or studying, then I shared it with the class. Because, okay, plantation, Mark, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Ward. Bright, sunny day up here. Well, you're, you can I'm hear me good. Yeah, I bet you're hot, though. I mean, it's hotter than the hinges down here, buddy. Well, it's headed between 96 and 99 degrees today up here. We've had thunderstorms all around the area. Not got a drop of rain in almost two weeks. Oh, what no. I was calling about, I was out in the garden. Yeah, I was out in the garden this morning, and uh, I was taken aback when uh, KCO Day on the local talk radio show at 6 o'clock uh, came up and started talking about Corinne Brown down there. <laughs> I, I was just taken aback. I, did, I didn't think she could even pull it off, uh, and even if she's had her uh, rights restored or not. But evidently, it's not the law to be able to run for political office if you're a convicted felon. Nope, the Constitution doesn't prevent it. Uh, isn't it amazing? Yeah, so, isn't it amazing? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Felon can't you, vote, and you can't vote for yourself, but you can run for office and be in there with the rest of the crooks. So, well, that's funny. That's just, funny. Uh, that's funny. You can't yeah, they, vote they need to. Yeah, you can't vote for yourself, but you can run. Now, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, uh, I'll let you run, but uh, I want to say I wish everybody that listens to you was within uh, a close driving distance of me. I could lay you on some uh, cabbage, some uh, lettuce. Wow. Cucumbers. Uh, let's see what else I got out there. Squashed by the bushels. Margaret just picked a bushel of green beans yesterday, wow. and uh, wow. about thirty days. Thirty days. Uh, the first plant in the corn will be done, and probably by mid-August, I'll be picking the second plant in the corn. Oh so, man, uh, you're living the it's, good it's life. It's going Mark. up here right now. You're living the good the life. The only two Mark. pieces that the only two things that 
were store-bought yesterday was the chicken and the potatoes. Everything else, the salad and everything, came on the uh, came right out of the garden. Pick it and eat it. But we'll let you go, Ward, and uh, stay cool down there. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for doing all you do. And I find you uh, uh, living the good life, my man. Uh, uh, you really, uh, you're wired into what's going on in the world. At the same time, you're back in the woods. So I don't think there's any better uh, combination of uh, pieces for our life than that. Uh, so we still have the line open for a moment here, um, and, and that was a very nice call. We have this new number, 352-707-9101. And, um, and, and Plantation Mark is, you know, he, he is about as in tune and, and, and uh, as anybody I know, stays up on events politically, calls me once in a while to say, hey, catch a show that's coming up on this or that one thing or another. Uh, keeps me informed. I mean, keeps me informed. Mark keeps me informed. So I appreciate that. And that's really what the research team was about is, you know, this is not a one man band. This is a, we have a relationship here and you talk to me and I talk to you through this, but you know, he calls me directly and always take the call. It's uh, very enjoyable to hear from people who, who are thinkers and who are concerned and who honor me with an opportunity to share their concerns with the forum here in the community, both locally and statewide and nationally. So I uh, appreciate all that. And we appreciate uh, any support we get from our sponsors and our donors. So um, uh, somebody said the other day, you got any freeloaders? And I said, oh yeah, we've got lots of freeloaders. They don't, they don't pay anything to listen to us. Some guys would do all this with subscriptions. Um, I haven't done that, you know, uh, you know, but there's some, some, some shows that that's the way you got to do them. You got to subscribe and, they have various, uh, you know, fees that they use to subscribe. But I'm doing a community service. But it's also we need a little, we got a production team to pay and our facilities and all that. So I hope you have a great weekend. I'm not going to get into the next story I was going to get into other than to say that uh, what's going on uh, nationally is um, got many, many ways of being looked at other than the one that might be the uh, appropriate one from the point of view of the news media. So, um uh, have a great weekend. Thanks, production, for hooking up with this new line. And uh, uh, we'll be back, hopefully, uh, Monday with an interesting show for you. Uh, Coach Hogg, probably then, at least some of that show on Monday. Award Hogg Command Center out.